0: This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello and welcome to this week's Techno podcast. My name is Brian Ashenden and I had the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team, a team of experts that are available to answer any technical advice strategy queries you may have in relation to your clients. In this week's Techno podcast we're going to bring you two different segments The first will come from Neil Sparks, our National Manager SMSF Strategy, where he talks about the new changes to the legislation that allow a self-managed superannuation fund to have up to six members, where he will talk about the benefits and the potential risks that might be involved in moving down this sort of strategy. Following that, Matt Manning, a technical consultant from the BT Technical Services team, will provide an overview of changes to granny flat arrangements, and in particular, some CGT concessions that may be available. To kick us off, I'll now hand you over to Neil.
1: Hello and welcome to today's BT Techno podcast. My name is Neil Sparks and I'm the National Manager, SMSF Strategy at BT. On June 17th, the Treasury Laws Amendment Self-Managed Superannuation Funds Bill 2020 passed through the House of Representatives and the Senate. The six-member bill amends the CIS Act, Corporations Act and the ITAA 1997 to increase the maximum number of allowable members in SMSFs from four to six. And this will take effect from the 1st of July, 2021. So today, I thought I would take a look at some of the most important issues to consider when either setting up a new SMSF or adding more members to an SMSF. So I think the the important place to start is, should you? Is it a good idea to add your children, whether they're adult or not, into your self-managed super fund? I think the obvious reasons as to why is you have one family super fund. Uh, greater investment choice and control that is available in a self-managed super fund, Um, from a family wealth and intergenerational wealth transfer perspective, there can be some benefits, and of course, the low fixed costs of a self-managed super fund. But of course, equally, why not consider the reasons as to why you wouldn't want to add your adult children into a self-managed super fund? And of course, uh, more people can lean more complexity, especially when it comes to the compliance and administration of your self-managed super fund, uh, the voting rights and powers in your self-managed super fund around having more members, you know, more votes, more probability that uh, we get a, a vote that doesn't get a resolution. Um, and, and if there are more members, there could be more disputes. So how do we resolve those sorts of things? Uh, from a culpability perspective more members more chance of an administrative mistake Uh, that could lead to more fines and penalties being levied to the fund especially if you've got individual trustees remembering that an admin penalty Uh, is charged to each individual trustee of the fund and paid by them personally, uh, and those those fines can't be recouped from the assets of the self-managed super fund. So a corporate trustee would be a a great example right there. From a control perspective, who's in control of the fund? Um, How do they control the fund? How do you add or particularly remove a member Uh, when you've got a problem, like if you've added your adult children and their spouses into the SMSF and there's a problem with their relationship, how do you remove that member from the self-managed super fund? And especially if they if they don't want to go. Uh, if you consider the investments of the self-managed super fund, younger members will have longer investment horizons. They will have um, different investment strategies. They uh, would be considering with different attitudes, risk tolerances and asset allocations. What if they want to bring cryptocurrency uh, alternative type investments into the SMSF? Um, From a compliance perspective, the investment strategy of the SMSF needs to be considered when you're adding new members for all of the reasons I just stated, uh, as well as what about the situation of um, insurance requirements and it's being covered inside the fund's investment strategy. So there's some really important things there to consider. I mean, maybe you set the children up in their own SMSF Uh, as accumulators and and mum and dad stay in the original SMSF as uh, retirees. So there's lots of options to consider. Um, Next, if you're thinking about adding your children in as new members and trustees of the fund, uh, you make sure that they're not a disqualified person. So of course we know that a disqualified person would include an undischarged bankrupt uh, or someone who's been convicted of an offence involving fraud or dishonesty. So making sure that we're only allowing people who can be trustees of a self-managed super fund into the fund and of course from an AML CTF perspective you know identifying the new members when you add a fifth and sixth member to the fund uh, we dilute the ownership and control of the SMSF percentage down below 25% so we need to look at the alternative individual test uh, which would look at the membership balance of each of the members to determine who is the person in control of the SMSF and therefore um, responsible for the identification, AML and CTF of the fund. From a trustee structure perspective, there really is only one choice. Uh, We need to consider trustee, corporate or individual. And as I said, one choice, corporate trustee all the way. Single member fund, asset protection, uh, administrative fines and penalties are only levied once against the corporate trustee, um, not against all the individuals. If you're going to get down the path of an LRBA, uh, banks would require a corporate trustee anyway. Um, Estate and succession planning control. Administrative efficiency is a huge one. You know, the assets are registered in the company name. So when you add or remove members, you don't have to go and re-register all of the assets and add those names to it. Um, Number of trustees required to sign documents. Individual trustees requires all trustees to sign. Um, If you've got a corporate trustee, you need 50%, for example, of the trustees to sign the documents. So uh, you've got some advantages there. And of course, if you are looking at adding fifth and sixth members, depending on which state you're in, you have to consider the trustee act. Um, Certain states limit how many trustees uh, you can have as an individual to four. So for example, Victoria doesn't limit you to four, but if you own property in Victoria, then you are limited to four. So you'd have to go to that corporate trustee structure. So look at your state-based trustee act. Uh, to know where you sit. The only disadvantages, it's a few hundred dollars more when you're setting up the fund. Uh, And of course, you've got your annual ASIC fee for a special purpose company to pay, which this year is only $56. So the disadvantages aren't enormous in that respect. Um, Your trustees and constitutions, obviously you need to look at the deed to make sure what's available to you. Um, Your power of appointment and removal becomes really important. As I said before, how you are going to remove a trustee um, or a member, especially if they don't want to leave the fund? Um, The voting power, the general rule of law is that if there's more than one trustee, the decisions must be unanimous. Um, So with a corporate trustee, you've suddenly got the ability uh, from a voting perspective, individual trustees, uh, unanimous vote. If the vote is tied, you can look to the powers in your trustee that would give you uh, a vote based on your member balance. Uh, And then if it was still tied after you looked at member balances, it might be that the chairperson of the meeting has the casting vote. So your deed becomes a very powerful document uh, when it comes to looking at you know the voting powers of your membership. Um, from a moving benefits perspective, you need to know about uh, how the deed allows you to roll in or roll out members' benefits. And another really important one, of course, is a, is the death benefits. How are your death benefits going to work uh, when you've got a self-managed super fund from a deed perspective? Of course, we also need to look at the um, constitution uh, and see how the constitution is going to interact with the deed uh, and what your appointment and removal powers are inside the constitution, um, who, how the different voting rights would be applied, and, of course, Uh, The shares in the corporate trustee company, uh, how they can be passed on to the next generation as well. So the deed and the constitution working conference um, in a lot of areas for adding or removing members. So make sure you've got quality documentation there. The investment strategy, as I said before, it's a really important document, a uh, really important compliance document for a self-managed super fund. It needs to be you know, formulated, so written down, implemented, uh, so actually followed and reviewed regularly. You would want to have evidence every year that your investment strategy has been reviewed for the past year and its suitability for the following year. So, if you're going to add new members uh, draft a new investment strategy make sure you've considered the needs of those younger members so that risk appetite that investment horizon their investment attitude Um, think as i said before about those non-traditional assets like cryptocurrencies etc and of course address their individual insurance needs Um, the ato has a strong focus on the investment strategy and its compliance, and your auditor will also be looking at your uh, investment strategy and it's the fact that it has been reviewed in the previous year. Um, if you want help with a template of an investment strategy, uh, BT Panorama SMSF does have an investment strategy template. So if you need help, perhaps talk to your BDM about such a um, getting that document from a strategy perspective there are some enormous strategies available to self managed super funds in bringing on new members from a liquidity perspective think about if you're adding more contributing members you know if they're mature children successful in their career healthy superannuation balances great contributions coming in every year you know how can this family wealth vehicle use that money uh, to advance. So it might be that you've got a limited recourse borrowing arrangement on a property in the fund uh, and those new contributing members could be uh, using their cash flow to help pay that loan off sooner. Um, Remember that if you've got a limited recourse borrowing arrangement on a property asset, that you can't make improvements to the property asset using borrowed funds. So injecting new members and their superannuation balances suddenly could give you the cash flow and liquidity to go out and make significant improvements to a property without changing the fundamental characteristics uh, of that property. Um, But you could boost its capital value and its yield and using that cash from those new members uh, to do that could be a really positive step. Uh, and of course, from a, a death benefit asset retention strategy, your members, your new members come in when one of the parents passes away. We don't want to sell this uh, illiquid asset like a property. So the four new members roll in uh, and what they contribute and roll in uh, is used to fund the death benefit payment back out to them, for example, leaving that large property asset sitting nicely inside the self-managed super fund. So there's some great strategies there. Uh, LRBAs, you can't cross collateralize with an LRBA. So using a situation where you the injection of superannuation benefits of those new members uh, into the self-managed super fund could then be used as the equity for the next borrowing on another physical property. So we've got a bear trust with an asset in it and a loan. We now bring in a new member. We use their cash as the equity. We we set up another new bear trust and another loan and we buy another property and so on and so forth with each member. So we could now have a situation where we have multiple LRBAs uh, and multiple property assets inside a self-managed super fund, and then of course we've got things like uh, more capital for geared unit trust investments for business partners, um, more capital for a 1322C assist regulation 1322C non-geared unit trust. So we've got some real flexibility there um, from an admin perspective. You know, changes in accordance with the trust deed. You know, the the directors, the new trustees and directors they must give written consent so consent to act and their declaration as a trustee uh, have to be completed. So there's ATO forms for that. You've got to notify the ATO and ASIC of those additional new uh, trustees. And ASIC, of course, if they're corporate trustees. Um, those notifications have to be done within 28 days. So, again, that's really important that you notify the ATO and ASIC of any change to trustees. Assets in the fund. Uh, if you're adding new trustees to the fund and your individual trustees, you've got to change the name on every single asset held in the fund to incorporate those new trustees. So as I said before, corporate trustee, the asset will be registered in the name of the fund. So SMSF Proprietary Limited would be the registered owner of the assets. Doesn't matter as the directors and members change underneath that, that asset registration stays fixed. So individual trustee, re- rename everything, corporate trustee, you won't have to make those changes. So a real administrative benefit of being a corporate trustee of a self-managed super fund. Um, from an ATO perspective, at the moment, uh, they haven't got the system ready to facilitate five and six-member self-managed super funds. So there is an eight, an interim process for advisors to follow. So from the 1st of July, you would uh, follow the existing process to register a new SMSF through the ABR, for members one to four. You then need to lodge a paper change of details form um, to the ATO for members five and six. The ATO will process the paper addition and update the system to allow members to request rollovers into their SMSF. Just be aware that manual process is gonna take time. So it will be a bit slower to get your Superfund up on Superfund Lookup uh, to allow those members to be able to roll over their benefits from uh, their current APRA Superfunds, for example. Um, The ATO will uh, obviously upgrade their systems to enable this to be done automatically, um, but at the moment there is this paper based system. So, you know, high level, in conclusion, more members, is it bigger and better or is it just more complicated? Um, you need to review rev- review your trust deeds and constitutions and understand how they work uh, together uh, and of course if there is any updates required, uh, make sure you retain all of the updated uh, and original documents and of course yeah focus on getting that administrative outcome uh, to be spot on now, I've hit this at a very high level, very fast, lots of information there. If you want to learn more, I have just completed a webinar on this topic. It's available on the BT Academy. So if you go to bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT webinar series, you will search for episode 30, Does Kevin Bacon Need a Self-Managed Superfund?
0: Thanks, Neil. Certainly a lot to think about for advisors who are contemplating discussing the six-member SMSF strategy for their clients. Now, let's hand it over to Matt Manning, a technical consultant from the BT Technical Services team for the latest update in relation to granny flat arrangements and capital gains tax. Matt, over to you. Thanks.
2: Today, I'd like to summarise the changes to granny flat arrangements from 1 July, 2021. This change received royal assent on 30 June 2021 and is now law. In a nutshell, this change provides a target capital gains tax exemption for certain formalised non-commercial granny flat arrangements. As a bit of background, while the term granny flat generally refers to a separate dwelling in the backyard of a family home, a granny flat arrangement refers to the payment of money or assets for the right to live for life in a property owned by another party generally an adult child. The specifics of granny flat arrangements varies. In exchange for a life interest, a granny flat agreement could involve transferring the title of a home or paying for the construction and fit out of premises in someone else's home or a separate structure on the same title or purchasing a property in another person's name. Also, in some scenarios, additional funds are paid to the other party in exchange for the life interests, which from a social security perspective are subject to a reasonableness test. Up until recently, many have sidestepped the CGT consequences by not formalising a granny flat arrangement. However, as was identified in a 2017 Australian Law Reform Commission report into elder abuse, informal granny flat arrangements can result in financial abuse as a life interest is difficult to prove. So the aim of removing the CGT consequences is to encourage future granny flat arrangements to be formalised as this provides certainty and security for the long-term housing arrangements of older and disabled Australians. To be eligible for the CGT exemption, the individual conferred with the right to occupy a dwelling for life must either have attained their age pension age or they require assistance with carrying out most day-to-day activities due to a disability and this assistance is likely to continue for at least 12 months. For the exemption to apply, the formal granny flat arrangement must also be of a non-commercial nature, such as when the individual conferred the granny right is not paying any rent or any funds to the property owner or is only paying for their share of the household running costs. To be formal, the granny flat arrangement must be in writing and whilst there is no requirement for the, any particular terms to be included, the arrangement should at minimum deal with basic matters such as who are the parties, the circumstances are where the arrangement could be varied or terminated and what happens upon variation or termination. Again, whilst not a specific requirement, most would consider it prudent for a solicitor to create the granny flat agreement. Where eligible, the exemption from CGT will apply to CGT events which occur on or after 1 July 2021, even if the granny flat arrangement was entered into before this date. However, there's no relief for previous CGT events
0: which occurred prior to 1 July 2021. Thanks, Matt, and thanks also, Neil. Now remember, if you have any technical strategy queries, you can contact the BT Technical Services team on 1-800-655-901 or send the team an email to technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Also remember to join us for our fortnightly BT Academy Technical Webinar Series. Our next session will be held on Wednesday, the 28th of July, 2021, when I'll be asking the question, did you foresee or are it coming? With the changes from the 1st of January, 2022, of is wind-up and moving its existing functions and responsibilities across to Treasury and ASIC, in this session we will explore what these changes will be and how this may impact the advice landscape and what we know or foresee about the Financial Services Credit Panel. We'll also use that opportunity to provide a timely update on other advice policy regulatory developments. To register for that session, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. There you can also view previous technical webinar series and all of these sessions have been accredited for CPD by the FPA. Until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast is being developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.